Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Rejoicing in Motherhood podcast. I am your host, Kirsten Vossler, and I am so excited that you are here with me today. We are going to have such a wonderful day today. So, believe it or not, we are at the very final episode of the Summer of Friends series. This has been so much fun for me to connect with other ladies, to bring them on the show, to some of them were brand new to me to meet them, and some of them are longtime old friends. My friend today is Alicia Carlson, and she and I have been friends for a couple of years, and we met through a writing group, and both of us are podcasters. So you're going to hear her incredible story about raising her family and all the things that she's in the midst of right now. But the thing that she really has to offer that I just wanted her to be able to share with you is she has such wonderful, practical ways for us moms to beat overwhelm in our lives and for us to be able to really tap into peace and joy and all the great things about motherhood when we can just, you know, figure out a few little things that need to change for us to be able to be more relaxed, more at peace, and more joyful in our homes. You are going to just absolutely love this episode with Alicia, and everything we're going to talk about will be in the show notes. So if you have any questions or any of that, you want to find out more about her and collect some of her freebies that she has available for you get in on some of her programs. You can connect with her right through the show notes at kirstenvosso.com forward slash podcast and look for episode 70 with Alicia Carlson. I know you're going to get a ton out of this episode, so we're going to jump right in to my conversation with Alicia. Hey, beautiful. Welcome to the Rejoicing in Motherhood podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Vossler, and I'm thrilled to spend some time chatting with you and bringing inspiration, encouragement, and joy to your day. I'm a mom of eight kids, and I believe that motherhood is the greatest calling in the world. It is holy kingdom work, and God has not only called us, but also equipped us for this valiant mission, raising and training the next generation of mighty men and women of God. Every week, I will encourage, inspire, and equip you to really rejoice in the glorious, God-given calling of motherhood. At the end of each episode, I'll answer your questions and share tips and lifesavers that I've learned and keep learning as I raise my tribe. So come on, let's get started. I'm so excited to welcome my friend Alicia today. Hi, Alicia. Hi, Kirsten. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to talk to you. Absolutely. I'm excited too. This is going to be a fun conversation. So Alicia and I are friends in real life and we are both podcasters. We both love Jesus. We both have multiple kids. We are, yeah, we're just, we're just really good friends. She's such a fun person to hang out with. So I'm excited to have you here today. So before we Yeah. Well, you tell us a little bit about your family and yourself. Okay. Well, I'm Alicia Carlson. I live in the suburbs of Chicago. I have three boys, ages 13, 12, and 10. And I've been married to my husband for 16 years now. Um, 
We love travel. We, my boys love sports. <laughs> I don't understand half of what they're playing. <laughs> Soccer, don't ask me to tell you the rules, but I am the best cheerleader on the sidelines. Um, and we just, we love spending time together and going and exploring. And, and probably one of our favorite things is just adventures. We call our day trips adventures. Sometimes we'll just ride the train into the city and have fun together. Or when we um, pick out a vacation, it's fun. We let the boys help decide what we're going to do on vacation because we just love to find a new adventure that suits everybody. So um, it's kind of funny. That's probably the best way to describe me. I'm not an adventurous person though. You will never find me on a roller coaster. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> never. I love watching my boys scream and I'm like, yay, do you need me to hold the vomit bag? <laughs> you know, like when they get off, I'm there for that. But you will never find me on a roller coaster or a zip line or anything like that. But we just call it adventures to try something new and experience new things together. So uh, yeah. I love that. You guys are so good at that. Like since we've known each other, I think we've been friends for a couple of years now. And yeah. I think since we've known each other, you guys have been on so many fun adventures. <laughs> And I always love hearing about them and you've podcasted sometimes in the midst of things or like I'm in the jungle and I'm recording this podcast and you hear the birds and <laughs> so oh, there was yes. the day that we were supposed to be on a call together and we were water sliding on a natural water slide in Puerto Rico in the rainforest and I'm like Kirsten can you take over this call for me today because <laughs> I'm kind of in the rainforest and then I sent you a video of yes. us like going down this rock water slide. So yeah, it's oh, fun. It's the best. <laughs> it's the best. That's so fun. It's so good to have fun together as a family. It is. Yeah. So you have such a great message to moms about beating overwhelm. And so one of the reasons I wanted to have you on this Summer of Friends series is because I feel like you have such a good way of opening up, being so free and clear and authentic and just sharing your life story, sharing some of the struggles that you've had and and how you've learned to grow through them and how to get out the other side and be a joyful, happy, fun, you know, mom enjoying your family, enjoying your kids and not fe- not being stuck in that overwhelmed feeling. And so, would you like to just share with everybody a little bit about kind of just tell us a little bit about your story. Like, how did you come to this place of being able to, I mean, I think we're never totally free from being overwhelmed (laughs) because we're all going to deal with it no matter what, no matter if we have one infant or if we have, you know, 25 adult children. Like, I don't think there's anybody, (laughs) I don't think there's anybody that can say I'm never overwhelmed ever because we all live in the same world. And we right. have, you know, all these experiences that are va- so varied, but everybody's got it at some point. So tell us a little bit about your story. How, do, how have you moved th- through this from being, from feeling overwhelmed and kind of feeling maybe drowning in it and reacting to being able to feel like, okay, it happens, but here's how we can work through this. Sure. So as you noticed, the ages of my boys are 13, 12, and 10. So I had three kids in three and a half years. And being a boy mom, I've learned that that is just like 
something of its own. Like I can't even, it's like a phenomenon. Like it's, it's, you see other boy moms and they're like, Oh honey, you're doing it. I have like these little old ladies that'll stop me in the store and be like, there's a special place for you in heaven. And I'm like, kind of thought there was anyways, but thanks. I'll take another (laughs) one. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, you know, with having the three boys, it really like, they are rough and tumble. I have a couple that I'm I'm a little concerned about their futures. I'm thinking at this point they might be UFC fighters. You know, <laughs> you don't leave them in a room together too long. Um, and so when our oldest was three and our middle child was a year and a half old, we moved from our home in Indiana in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and we moved to the suburbs of Chicago. And it, I think that that is when everything kind of hit the fan for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always struggled with anger and just being very full control, um, being controlling of others as well, uh, not having a good filter. And, um, you know, it just, it was probably the most overwhelming time in my life. Uh, my husband was at work eight to nine hours a day. I was home with these two little people in an absolutely awful house. I mean, it had it has potential. And in fact, if you hear any hammering upstairs, maybe I should tell them we have contractors working in the house right now. So I apologize. Here's <laughs> drills and hammers. Um, but it was, it was a lot to do. It was this house that needed to be worked on, these two tiny kids. We found out a few weeks later that number three was coming along. And I was just, I felt so out of control. Mm-hmm. I was angry that I was home alone all the time with these kids. We didn't have a support system around us because we don't have any family uh, that lives here. We didn't have any friends. And I had started going to a MOPS group, and that was probably the only thing that was holding my sanity together. Um, we were still church shopping at that point, so we didn't have that rootedness and that connectedness. And, um, you know, there was just a lot of angst. Um, there was a lot of anger. I was not looking back. It, it makes me sad, the kind of mom that I was. Um and it's it's not a feeling that you ever want to have. You're not only mm-hmm. carrying around all of the anxiety and the overwhelm and the anger, but then the mom guilt from how you react to all of that. And I realized, you know, something has to change. And it didn't happen right away. Like it was not, it was kind of a long progression. It probably took a few years. And I started noticing that our middle child was having the same tendencies. You know, like my angry outburst, was I modeling that to him or was that ingrained in him as well? And it took a couple of girlfriends of mine to open up about their anxiety that really made me Um, become self-aware to the point that I realized like it's more than just being overwhelmed with all of these outside things Mm -hmm. that part of this is has been passed down generation to generation and it's being passed down to this child as well and so it was at that point that I just decided this has to change everything has to change. Like I can't continue being this kind of a mom. Um, My kids don't deserve a mom like this. My husband doesn't deserve a wife like this. Um, And I wanted 
things to be better for my child that was already exhibiting some anxious tendencies and some anger tendencies. And I started becoming very self-aware. Like, what is it that makes me angry? What is it that sets me off? What is it that makes me yell? What is it that makes me feel like I'm suffocating? What in this house needs to change? Like, I was evaluating absolutely everything. And I began to notice some trends. And I thought, well, if I make this little tweak here, how will it affect how I respond. If I make this little tweak there, how will it affect how I parent or how our family works together? And um, I do want to make the stress that it's so important to talk to someone about your mental health um, because we think that that's one of the things that can overwhelm us maybe the most. Mm -hmm. But I noticed the things that made me feel very anxious was a lot of clutter around me. Mm. And it's funny, my husband calls me the most organized, unorganized person he's ever met. Because, <laughs> <laughs> and I feel bad for the guy. Um, there is a structure. Like if you were in our office, you would know that this cabinet has this and this, you know, like everything has a place. And I do expect it to go in that place. But when it didn't and things are laying out, Visual clutter, I don't think that we realize how much visual clutter plays on our mindset because it's still clutter. Your brain can't think clearly when you're seeing all of this stuff in front of you. And as I was beginning this process of evaluating what was going on in our life, how I needed to change, how I can make things better for our family, oh man, I was reading psychology today. Um online like crazy. Like I'd have 40 tabs of it open and and then I'd get upset because my computer would crash and my husband's like, honey, look at your tabs. And I'm like, well, I closed 20 already. Um, (laughs) The tabs on my computer are probably a a source of visual clutter. Um, But I was really diving into the psychology behind this. And so um, I really guess I have three main things, Kirsten, to share on how to help us get out of that overwhelmed um, feeling, how to just pull ourselves out of there. And the first one that I've already touched on that I want to go a little deeper into is our mindset. So I said, you know, I had some junk that I was carrying with me from the past um, with the anxiety and the anger, but also... um, you know, you're only as overwhelmed. And this is not, I'm going to just forewarn everyone, this might strike a nerve, okay? Because it's not yeah. something that we'd like to hear. <laughs> Am I allowed to do that, Kirsten? Are you okay with Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is what what's going to zing a little, is we're only as overwhelmed as we allow ourselves to be and as we think we are. Ooh, that's a good, that's good. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to write that down. <laughs> You're going to make that like, uh, you know, on lipstick on your bathroom mirror. Yeah. Stop right. taking your overwhelms, right? Um, but no, seriously, like think about back when you were a kid and you were at school and they announced that there was going to be a test on Friday and whether you prepared for it or not, or especially when there was a pop quiz, right? Like you get all nervous, you get all anxious and 
you make it harder in your mind than what it really is. You would get done with that test and you're like, oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And I see that in my kids. They'll be like, I don't know if I'm ready. And I mean, no one's ever ready for all of the things that come with motherhood. So (laughs) there's always something. Yeah. Um, But it doesn't have to be as hard. Like motherhood doesn't have to be as hard as we think it is. Sometimes we just psych ourselves into thinking, this is hard. I'm so overwhelmed. I just need a break. Where if we took a minute and slowed down and did a self-evaluation like I had done to figure out what is it that's bothering me so much? Why am I so uptight? Why do I yell at my kids so much? What's going on? Then you're going to figure out what it is that's, that's making it feel hard. And you can start eliminating those things to make your mindset more positive and to make your life easier. And that's going to be a point that I touch on in just a minute. But, you know, when you've got this, I'm overwhelmed thought, or even when we put the overwhelm in our own lives, like with our calendars and our commitments, and we're doing this to ourselves, it's really because we're trying to take everything on. We're trying to take it all on, on our own. And our mind is just going, stop, girl, you can't do this. You can't be everything to everyone and you can't be everywhere at one time. Just slow down and let me focus for a little bit. So one of the things that I would suggest to moms is to brain dump. And I know that, you know, there's a, there's a whole book thing. I don't know if it's a series or just several books about the process of brain dumping. But when you do that, just to get everything that's on your to-do list written down, everything that's going through your mind written down, write down the things that feel hard, write down the things that are hurting your, your heart, you know, just write everything that's going through your mind down. And that way you can just see it laid out in front of you and you can Mm. start looking at the things that you can change, the things that you don't need to mess with right now, and the areas where mentally you need to work on. So um, really mindset and getting just kind of cleansing all of that and being very self-aware is super helpful. And I mean, it might just take days and weeks of praying about it, just asking God, please make this so clear to me what it is that I'm not seeing, like stir up in my soul these places and make it very obvious to me so that I can know what you want me to focus on or where my attention should lie right now because these kids are only here for so long and I want their childhood to be amazing. I want them to look back and say, above all else, my mom was there. My mom took care of us. My mom was loving and kind. You don't want them to remember you being an angry, yelling mom. So yes, that is huge. That is huge. I have to say, I use the brain dump stuff. Like I've never read a book about it, but I've heard about it from enough people. (laughs) It is so helpful to me. I do it not like on a scheduled basis, but anytime I'm just get to feeling that like, oh my goodness, there's so much to do. There's so much to do. What is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? You know, it's like, yeah, let's just write it all down and I'll just sit and just like with a notebook and just write, 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 write. And then, like you said, then, then when you can see it, there's relief in just getting it out in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then when you can look at it and go, okay, God, <laughs> now what do I do? Which things are actually important? 
which things can I just cross out completely and, you know, shrink it down. And then, okay, which things do I actually need to prioritize? It's, that is one of the most helpful things I think we can do. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. yes. And so, you know, it helps with that mental health just so much. It helps get your mindset from feeling I can't to refocusing. And like you and I had just commented, you know, asking God, where can I? And I think a yeah. lot of times we don't remember that we have the same power in us that raised Christ from the dead. Amen. And so like, we need to draw on that. We weren't made to be overwhelmed. We were made as powerful women. That's why we're moms, right? Yes. I mean, we we are great and, and we have this special nurturing in us and way of loving our kids that no one else can, can fill. And yeah. so it's, you know, when we allow that visual clutter to come into our house and boggle our minds. When we just try to carry all of these things in our head, all of the things from the calendar and and what we need to do when we don't slow down and assess, like we can't be that powerful being that we were created to be. We can't be the mom that we were meant to be. And just getting your mind cleared and on that right track is is probably number one to help with the overwhelm. Yes. Oh, that's so good. So good. <laughs> we can almost wrap it up right there, right? I know. I'm like, whew. <laughs> How long is this podcast? No. <laughs> <I know. laughs> so that being said, that kind of leads right into my second point of things that you can do to not be so overwhelmed is to ask for help. So you know, when you do that brain dump, just like you said, Kirsten, you look at the things and you're like, oh, that's silly. I don't even need to worry about this right now. You know, put those things off to your, off to the side that don't have to be done. Um, we do a lot of DIY projects at our house. I'm always having my husband like do built-in cabinets in our house or, or whatever. It's kind of a joke with our friends that come over. They're like, Ooh, what projects have the Carlson's done now? Kind of <laughs> thing. So it's funny that we have contractors in our house. <laughs> My husband doesn't do plumbing. So, you know, they're, they, <laughs> and I'm just kind of like, babe, let's just stop with the projects. Let's just hire somebody else to do it. That's one thing we don't have to do right now. Wow. Um, but that being said, like, I always paint because we want to save money from hiring painters to come in. So if you look at our house, the crown molding that we had put up probably last year is still not all painted. I have one giant room that is not painted because I don't want to take the time to pull the, the sofa out and I don't want to have to worry about the TV hanging on the wall. But that's something that I realized, you know, in this busy time of like right now getting the boys ready to go back to school or wanting to spend time with them over the summer. That's more of a priority to me mm -hmm. than it is to paint my trim. So my trim is going to go unpainted for who knows how long, just because that's not something that when my kids leave our house when they're 18, that I want them to remember, well, gee, mom painted all summer and didn't do all of these fun day adventures with us. Yeah. Um, so looking at that to-do list, looking at that brain dump, cross those things off 
I don't care if my trim is painted right now. That can wait. But guess what? My kids can't wait. The pile of laundry can't wait. Like, we've been home from vacation. We all need clean underwear. You know, like, you have (laughs) priorities to do. Um, But you don't have to do them on your own. And I think as moms, we try to take it all on. Um, sometimes because we want to make sure that our kids have an amazing childhood and, and don't grow up going, well, I was so busy doing chores all the time. Um, or we don't think that they're capable or maybe we feel like they can't do them right. I am going to tell you, I still have the control freak tendencies with laundry and I have to really swallow my perfectionism and, uh, you know, just be very gracious with my husband when he's folding laundry um, if he's helping because I'm not having to do it and it doesn't matter if it's not perfect, it's still getting done. Now, I do still make sure everything faces the right direction in the drawers. My perfectionism (laughs) cannot handle that, but um, I'm way too OCD on that stuff. But, (laughs) you know, just learning to ask for help. And when our boys were little, when we moved into this house, Our laundry is in the basement. Our bedrooms are on the second floor. So we've got the laundry and the basement, which was the play area. Then we had the main level and then the bedrooms on the second floor. And so we started making laundry something that we could all do. So our oldest was three. Our middle child was a year and a half old. And my parents had bought them these gigantic, like, um, Oh, they're dump trucks. They're uh, Tonka trucks. Like the big one. They're big enough that their little butts can sit them and like they will push each other around in the playroom or outside. So we, during the winter, we brought them in the house and the boys, because we had a laundry chute that went from the second floor by our bedrooms down to the basement. So we had this like massive mountain of laundry. Um, And so I would be like, hey, guys, it's laundry day, you know, and like hype it up and make it fun for them. And and for some reason, they're like, woo, you know, because they (laughs) knew that mom was going to ask them to turn the play area into an excavation or a construction site and that they needed to load the laundry that had come down the laundry chute into these gigantic dump trucks and drive them into the laundry room. And they weren't even tall enough. Like these kids, their heads didn't even come to the top of the washing machine. Um, But they would drive their trucks in and they couldn't put the laundry in. Sometimes they would try and we might lose a few socks behind the washer. But (laughs) anyways, I would load it then out of their truck into the washing machine. Then when it came time to switch the clothes over, I would switch the clothes over, but when they were done in the dryer, it was the reverse cycle. So they would go in and they would load up their dump trucks with those clothes from the water, from the dryer and bring them in and dump them. And I would sit on the floor in the playroom. You know, we're in the play area together. We're spending time together. I'm just not building with them, but I'm, oh, cool, buddy. That's really awesome. So we're still spending time together, but I'm not doing laundry alone. We're still having together time and I'm getting something done. My rule about, or my thought about chores, which my my children probably hate, but as long as your kid can walk, they can help. Yes, Um, (laughs) ma'am. 
Well, and you have a boatload of kids. So I'm sure that you, I mean, you have even more laundry than we do. So, you know, I'm sure that you probably got a little one, like when our oldest, when we lived in a ranch, you know, just one story house, he would push the laundry basket back, like all the way through the house. He could push it. Dude, you've got muscles. Come on, let's see. You know, and like, he thought he was the bomb, right? He was yes. a bomb diggity. He was pushing that all the way to the to the bedroom and he was helping. So, so um, good. I think it's easy to forget too. I mean, even even in my family, like it's easy to just forget like, oh, they could help. <laughs> Oh, they could do something. They can, you know, like I I will hand my one and a half year old laundry from the washing machine and hand it to her and she'll throw it in the dryer, you know, and it's, and she loves it. You know, (laughs) she loves it. They think it's so much fun. It's like, we got to catch them when they're tiny and they think it's still really fun to help. And you're like, yeah, you're helping mommy, you know? (laughs) And And like you said, like hype it up. I mean, I, yes. Hype it up mama's. Like whatever you're excited about, they will be excited about. Oh, yes. Yes. And so like just things like clearing the dinner table. If they've got, you know, little legs that can walk, they can help clear the dinner table. Maybe you don't want them to carry the fine china from the table to the sink, but they can put the ketchup. (laughs) Guess what? Toddler table does not have ketchup, right? That's really funny because I was literally going to say they can carry the ketchup. (laughs) But like, those are little things that the kids can start with. And it might just seem so little like, oh, I can do it myself. But it's one, it's teaching your kids the responsibility. Mm -hmm. And two, it's just taking a few seconds off of your having to do all of the work time. You know, like yesterday, my oldest is 13 and I saw his orange juice glass in the sink and it was after lunch and I went to put lunch, my lunch plate in the dishwasher. And I turned around and I said, buddy, you got to come over here. There is a, as a glass in the sink from breakfast. I'm like, you know, you and your brothers unloaded the dishwasher before you ate breakfast this morning. I said, why would you put your glass in the sink? He was like, I don't know. And I said, you know, just taking those couple extra seconds to put it directly into the dishwasher really saves me time. And I said, I love you. I'm more than happy to drive you to all of the 3 million soccer practices and sports practices that you've got. I sit through hours of games that I don't know the rules on, you know, like I'm always going to be there and I want to be there, but I'd also like to have a few minutes where I'm not having to pick up after someone. Yeah. And I said, you know, we've worked on this for how many years now? Please <laughs> put your stuff in the dishwasher. And he's like, well, I put my plate in. I just forgot my glass. You know, still just reminding them, even if they're teenagers, even when yeah. you start when they're toddlers and they're teenagers, just reminding them that if they're not doing the job, someone is having to come along and clean up after them. And I, I make a joke that our boys, their wives are going to love me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, ma'am. We work together as a family. So all of the responsibilities shouldn't end up on me. It shouldn't end up on you, Kirsten. And, you know, having them, whether they're toddlers or teenagers, still help. 
I, I don't pay our boys for chores. And they have asked me like, well, why don't we get paid for this? Or why do I have to help? And I say, because we're a family. Mm -hmm. God put us together as a family. He gave us our own team. I'm like, it's like I have two boys that play basketball. I said, it's like when you're on your basketball team, you all have to work together to make the game work. Like one of you, if you're a ball hog and you drive down the court and you make the basket, what's the point of everybody else being on the team? No one else wants to be on the team. No one understands how to play basketball very well. If only one person is, is taken over. And I said, but there's a team for a reason because otherwise that one person is going to get ganged up on by everybody that's defending, you know, that's playing, um, you know, trying to keep the ball. I don't know, offense and defense. I probably just said that wrong. Anyways, you know, they're trying to keep the ball out of the hoop. And so that one person, if they're alone, they're going to feel overwhelmed with all of these people coming in to them. And I said, you know how it feels when you're on the court and someone's guarding you and you've got the ball and and it just feels like, what am I going to do with this? Where am I going to put this? I said, you start to get a little tense, right? And the kid's like, yeah. And I'm like, and you just wish that there were someone there to help you. That's why we're together as a team. And as a team, that's how our house works. That's what makes us work together well. It helps you learn the stuff for when you're out on your own or when you have your own family. And then we get to go have our fun together. And I think stressing that to the boys has really made a difference. Like, mama doesn't want to stay here. I want to go and take you to the city and do fun things. I want us to go spend a day wherever, you know, it's, we're here together for a reason. That's so important. Oh, that's so good. I have a, a friend and they call all of their chores family contributions (laughs) because just of that same, that same mentality of like, we're a family, we're a team. This is how we do that. This is how things happen in our family. And so here's your contribution that you can make to our family. And I was like, I love that. It's such good terminology, you know, but I just think that's such an important concept because it really is easy. It can be easy, especially in this current culture where things can be so child focused and so like, Oh, don't, don't make your kids work at all. Like poor, poor kids. You know, it's like, actually, no, if we don't, we're really setting them up for failure. (laughs) So, yeah. So it's just important for them to understand that family team concept. I I love that. Well, and I've noticed in some of our, some of the families in our community, the ones that don't have their kids contribute, to do those chores or to be a team member, their kids are so have this sense of entitlement Mm -hmm. that it's just, I get to do what I want to do. Mom and dad will take care of it. And, you know, I think, oh my golly, how sad for that child when they grow up and realize that the world is not going to serve (laughs) them. They have to step up and do it themselves. You know, I think about their, their jobs and how are you going to be in, in, your work in your place of business. Yes. If you don't know how to contribute, if yes. you think I'm just here to file my nails or, you know, like kick my feet up on the desk. Um, how is, how is that helping your child? And so, uh, you know, just it still, 
13 years later with our oldest being 13, it still takes those reminders like that glass in the sink yesterday. Yep. But you know, we've worked on this for so long that his heart truly does understand. Yes. And it's just that gentle reminder, like, you know, I love you. I'm going to do whatever I can for you, but you have to help as well. And he was like, I'm sorry, mom. He's like, I'll make sure to to do this. And so some of the chores that I would really suggest that parents, whether your kid has ever contributed, maybe they're 13 and have never helped in the house, or if they're toddlers learning to walk. I mean, we've already talked about laundry. Um, now, obviously, our boys aren't still pushing big construction trucks through the through the basement, but we have a routine. Uh, so laundry is a really easy one. Dishes, like I said, clearing the table, also unloading the dishwasher, like take the sharp knives out of the utensils and let your toddler put away the silverware. If that's all that they start with, it still saves you a few minutes. Um, if they can't reach where the plates and cups go, just have them stack them on the counter. That just just a little bit is teaching them responsibility and it's saving you a few minutes at a time. Um so that way you don't have to do it all. Ooh, you guys, what an amazing conversation. I'm going to stop it right here in the middle because this is such a juicy and incredible topic that we're going to actually take two days to get all of this incredible information and application in. So, Come back tomorrow, same place, same time. We're going to finish off this episode and you're going to enjoy the rest of the conversation just as much as you did the first half. Before you go, I would love it if you would hit that subscribe button. And if you are enjoying the Rejoicing in Motherhood podcast, I would absolutely love if you would leave a rating and a review. Written reviews are the best way for other people to be able to find out about the podcast, and I love reading them as well because I love hearing your feedback. I love seeing what things you're really enjoying and what is really touching your heart. So if you would be so kind as to leave a rating and review for this show, I would be so grateful. My friends, I bless you with joy. I bless you with peace. I bless you with a knowledge of the absolute love that the Lord has for you right where you're at today, right in your very home, right with your children, everything that you're doing, and in all the phases and stages and seasons of life. I just bless you with that in Jesus' name. And I will see you back here tomorrow for the rest of this conversation. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of Rejoicing in Motherhood. You will find show notes and more encouragement on this topic at kirstenvossler.com. Have a wonderful week. And remember, everything in this life is holy kingdom work. You are doing it, friend. You make the very heart of God rejoice. Keep going. I love you lots, and I'll talk to you again very soon.